Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fed Scoop Radio. My name is Greg Otto. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about endpoint security. And I know just looking in front of me right now, I have three different endpoints connected to the internet. And if you think about that in terms of scale for a federal agency, you're talking tens of thousands of employees, hundreds of thousands of employees that have three, four, five devices that they need to work with on a daily basis. That can cause some problems for IT shops looking to guard their networks. We're going to talk to Tom Burke from IBM. He's going to tell us about some products that IBM has going on that can help federal agencies wrap their arms around what's sitting on their networks, including some work IBM has done at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. Check it out. Okay, Tom, thanks for joining us today. I'm talking with Tom Burke, the federal sales manager for IBM's Big Fix. Tom, let's start talking about, you know, some major issues securing federal endpoints. You know, agencies have a really big issue now, especially with the Cybersecurity National Action Plan, that they have to get their arms around what sits on their networks. And with the Internet of Things, with the advent of smartphones, there's almost three or four endpoints for every one employee that works at federal agencies. So let's talk about some of the issues that you're seeing when it comes to securing federal endpoints. Happy to. Yeah, the uh, I mean, federal is unique in that the, the size of an average customer has is measured in hundreds of thousands of endpoints as opposed to the typical commercial marketplace where you're dealing with tens of thousands. You know, if you look at the DOD, they have an excess of five to seven million devices excluding smartphones. So the products which end up being successful in federal, you know, really have to scale to that level. So that really narrows down the number of players in the field. The uh, the major issues with endpoints and majority in federal most endpoints are considered uh, servers, desktops, laptops, and pretty much exclude mobile devices from procurements, major procurements. It's just a market that has not matured yet. So what I'll talk about initially, even though our products do cover mobile devices, will be that subset of endpoints. The biggest problem, if you're a CISO or CIO of a federal agency, there's insufficient visibility into what's going on on those endpoints finding those endpoints and then determining what software is loaded on those devices. That has to do with the scale of the environment and the distributed nature of those environments and the lack of network bandwidth to communicate from a centralized server to those environments. You talked about distributed environments there. I would imagine the distributed environments, you're dealing with a lot of different operating systems. What is the nexus and how do we find that the CIOs and the CISOs are dealing with securing those different operating systems? Well, in order to secure a, uh, those environments today, there's a bunch of different siloed tools which are typically being used. Okay. So if you're if you're a Mac shop, you might use Semantic Ghost. If you're a Unix shop, you're going to use a, a Red Hat service or a Solaris service. And if you're a Windows shop, the default systems management environment, usually with a large ELA a contract with a federal agency, is Microsoft SCCM. And then you break that down even further to Windows servers, Unix servers. There's companies which specialize in just that side of it. Then on the mobile side, there are half a dozen legitimate players in the federal marketplace which specialize in that. So what you have is uh, redundancy, uh, silos, expense, complexity, which is pretty much where the market sits today, even though it is consolidating. So how do we break down those silos in order to put a lasso around that complexity? Because, look, nobody likes it when their job is difficult. How do we make sure that office is operating as easily as possible? It's the next generation of tools. Okay. So uh, the big, you know, big Fix falls into that category, and 
I would say uniquely, and I think it's being factual, we took 90% market share in the civilian side of the U.S. government for a reason. And the reason is that you know our agent resides is cross-platform, so it supports anything with a common operating system, Windows, non-Windows, Mac, Linux, Unix, Solaris, AIX, the list goes on. Okay. Dozens of operating systems. And number two, it not only does it reside on those devices, but it does a good job managing them, taking patch content from each one of those vendors, and then distributing it using a common agent, a, a single platform, single server, single console that makes life easier for the operator. So you're not dealing with siloed panes of glass, you're dealing with a single pane of glass, which gives you visibility into all of your endpoints. So taking it to another level, what about helping out with the management of third-party applications and the security that surrounds them? How is Big Fix helping agencies work with that? Most companies in this space typically just deal with the operating system when it comes to patch management. Uh, Big Fix is unique on the Windows side of the house that it supports the top 15 to 20 non-Microsoft Windows-based applications like Adobe Flash. And those are the typical vector points for breaches. You know, 60% of all security breaches are due to applications not being patched. That's a Gartner statistic. And the reason why is because there's lack of visibility in two highly distributed devices. And number two, there's no automated patch management for those applications, which I just mentioned. So BigFix solves that piece of the problem. It's not the holy grail. It doesn't patch uh, databases yet. You know, there's a bunch of applications it doesn't patch. It does solve the biggest problem, and that is identifying those devices which have vulnerabilities in the common desktop applications and then automating the remediation of those devices. We have talked previously about this. You talked about a concept called comply and connect. Tell me how IBM is helping agencies meet this criteria. Third biggest problem, we, you mentioned redundant tools. The next category is really compliance. So how do you comply with, there's really two marketplaces. There's civilian side and there is the SCAP, PCI, USGBC mandates, DHS funded program called Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation, otherwise known as CDM. Right, CDM, very um, familiar with it. So there's that set of requirements and the initial phase of that covered four categories. That was hardware visibility, software visibility, configuration management, and vulnerability management. So BigFix dominated those procurements. We took 90% market share. The initial order was 1.5 million licenses. BigFix took over 1.2 million. That's the CDM side. On the federal DOD and intelligence community side, there is a, a new initiative um, called Comply to Connect. It, it originated at Marine Corps. It originated as an idea where uh, the biggest problem they had, in addition to passing audits, was uh, taking a new device, like at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, taking a new device, um, attaching it to a network, getting it certified, getting it up and running, and that uh, applying the local security policies to that, which may change location to location, and doing that in a very you know, short period of time, like seconds. Prior to Comply to Connect, it was measured in days, weeks. Um, and it's still that way for the majority of DOD, I, I would say everywhere but the Marine Corps. So the requirements were written, and it took a couple of vendors to meet the requirements. Forescout was the NAC provider, and then BigFix was the security configuration management and the, and the patch automated patch management solution. So in that environment, a new device is taken out of a box, put on a table, a cord is plugged into it on the Marine Corps network, 
Forescout goes out, sees a new device is out there, does a scan, sees it, sees a new device is there, doesn't recognize it, looks to see if there's a big fix agent on it. Um, it puts an it puts our agent on it. <clears throat> it then authenticates the device. Then we authenticate. We do bare metal provisioning, load all the software, all the security policies, remediate anything which is out of policy, and the device within a couple of minutes is online live. That requirement has gotten a lot of attention. In addition to that. Uh, the Marine Corps, uh, there was a recent scorecard exercise done uh, a couple weeks ago. All services, with the exception of the Marine Corps, had horrible scores. And the Marine Corps stood out and had excellent scores. The benefit to the audit was the, the requirements for Comply to Connect with it, you know, were included the ability to uh, automate on the, C the, the audit process, which in DOD speak, it's called CCRIs. The Marine Corps went from very low scores uh, CCRIs, you know, 50, 60 to upper 90s um, after the Compliant Connect was deployed across their enterprise. So let me back up there for a second and talk about this Marine Corps tool. You said the audit scores went from 50 to 60 and jumped into the upper 90s. How long did it take the Marine Corps to move into that upper echelon of scores? Great question. I'll give you a use case. Prior okay. to the enterprise buy, uh, we, we were getting um, purchases from various Marine Corps locations around the world. So the last one we did prior to the enterprise buy was Okinawa. So okay. Okinawa had an audit CCRI coming up on a Monday. Uh, we were at, they did an acquisition on a Friday. I mean, when I say an acquisition, we agreed to deploy over a weekend as a proof of concept, and then that would eventually lead to into an acquisition if it was successful. But long story short, over the weekend, one of my teammates from his home in Virginia downloaded the software, distributed it to 10,000 devices, and on Monday morning, they passed the CCRI. Wow, so this can really happen overnight. Yes, it can happen overnight. It does happen overnight. Uh, most, of, most of our examples of success stories uh, are, were overnight deployments. If you back up to our success in civilian, it stemmed from two government agencies, the VA with over half a million endpoints and the Department of Justice with a quarter of a million endpoints. The first one to be reached was uh, a component of DOJ it was a, uh, a Windows desktop application, an application that it had not been patched. In 64 hours, we pushed out three terabytes of patch content to 180 physical locations covering 30,000 devices. The VA, there was a mandate from Congress. The program was called Visibility to Desktops. They also had an event. And we were given the contract to deploy to 320,000 devices. We had less than 90 days to get it done. It was going to get a lot of attention on the Hill. So that's a typical big fix story, being able to deploy that quickly. So pushing out those patches, though, I, I would love to hear whether you have any stories on pushing out that amount of patching. Does it take away from performance or are there, you know, endpoint users that are then like, well, OK, you put this patch on my machine, but it rendered the program unusable. Because I know patch management is such a big deal inside these IT shops. Obviously, security is a main concern, but the employees have to be able to use their software. So I would love to know whether you've gotten any feedback on, yeah, we have the ability to push out these patches, but is there going to be any downtime? When you think of Big Fix, think of a policy engine. So agencies can establish policies, they may be their existing policies, on what assets need to get patches prior to other assets or what people should get them at certain times a day. There's two considerations. One is network bandwidth. The Department of Justice example I gave, 
we were given hours of a day, percentages of the network, which we could utilize. And then hours of the day where we were not allowed to utilize them. You know, it was an emergency situation. So that those devices, even if they were turned off, Big Fix has the capability of waking those devices up. It's part of our power management uh, solution. Um, so waking them up, patching them, and then turning them back off. In some departments, um, the patch is done centralized. In most places, it's done on a distributed basis. So a geographic location or a subset of the department makes their own decisions on patching. But it's all policy-based. But from a performance perspective, Big Fix has network bandwidth throttling capabilities. So we can do it percentage fixed, percent of the network um, by hour of the day. Everybody had a patch tool when we arrived in town 10 years ago. Problem is, it's complacency. Everybody was used to reading the 90-day-old newspaper and then taking action. Everything was based on inventory cycles and then reacting to uh, whatever they saw in those inventory cycles, which typically run every 30 days, then going through a 30-day patch management process and then having a first-time success rate of you know less than 65%. That was 10 years ago. And quite frankly, in the DOD space, that's the way it is today. On the civilian side, because of even prior to CDM, we had some forward-thinking agencies like Department of Justice, which there was a program called Cyberscope, which okay. originated with Vivek Kundra when he was CIO of the government. Okay. But the whole idea was to have this centralized dashboard, which you could, in, in your real time, take a look at the health of all IT assets and then identify the ones which are out of policy and remediate. So you know that working with the VA and working with Department of Justice, we made that come true, and then CDM happened. It, it, is a rev, it is a revolutionary product in that everything we used to compete with had all the intelligence on a server and the endpoints were dumb. We have all of our intelligence on the endpoint and our server's dumb. So when an endpoint goes out of policy, it calls home and says, fix me. It really is a unique product. So when you have talked to agencies about this product, what is it or, or when is the moment that the light sort of turns on? for CIOs and CISOs where they go, okay, this is something that we definitely need in our agency. When you hear the value prop, at least initially going back five, six, seven years ago, when you gave a presentation, everyone would say, you know, this is too good to be true. You know, you must not be telling the truth. The uh, reply to that was, uh, give me all your endpoints. I'll do a POC and I'll be done in a week and then you can make your own call. And people look at you like you had three heads because nobody, <laughs> but if you have a product that really pushes out that quick, you can say that. So you end up with a subset, you end up with 10,000 devices, a couple thousand devices. And within hours, people are going, this is too good to be true. And it is true. Talking points to a CISO or CIO, if you have a half an hour presentation is single agent, single infrastructure, cross-platform, pushes out in hours, days, one full-time equivalent per 100,000 devices. Uh, one centralized server to support a quarter of a million endpoints. You can monetize the conversation and the, you know, it ends up with a payback period of three to six months. So if you look at the Marine Corps, just the power management savings, they're $2.2 million a year paid for the acquisition. They didn't know prior to, but you know they bought it for a completely different reason. At the end of the day, not only you know, they use less people to do it, Freeing up resources and having a more secure environment, reducing incidents, reducing trouble tickets, um, but the power management paid for it. 
Well, Tom, thanks for stopping by and telling us this story about Big Fix. You know, it sounds like this really can be a product that CIOs and CISOs can leverage as they try to move to really wrap their arms around endpoints, which we've said before is such a big pain and it's such a big policy driver right now that I know that agencies definitely want to hear from the private sector on tools that they can use to meet the mandates that are coming from OMB. So appreciate you stopping by and appreciate the stories. My pleasure. A big thanks to Tom Burke from IBM for joining us today. And for the full library of FedScoop radio episodes, along with the best federal IT news, check out FedScoop.com. I'm Greg Otto. Thanks for listening.